up? What's up, guys? And welcome to another episode of the Powerhouse Mentality Podcast. I'm your host. I'm Caitlin Kenna-Smith. And please bear with me again because I am still sick as I'm recording this and I feel like shit. But I promised you guys a podcast. And I told you guys if you listen to the Wednesday episode or if you follow my newsletter that goes out every Wednesday, the link is always in the show notes, that I had something to announce today. And I had something to tell you. So I didn't put it into the title on purpose because I want you guys to listen. I want you guys to hear the backstory and I want you to really understand what's happening. Plus, you know, that's marketing. We got to build shit up, right? Now I want to start off with a quote. And I heard this quote last week on a Nick Bear podcast. I fucking love Nick Bear. If you don't follow Nick Bear, if you don't watch his YouTube videos, you should. Great content creator, and he's been doing it for a while, and he has such great, great messages to share. He shared a Winston Churchill quote, and I can't believe that I've never heard this quote before because as I started researching it, I realized that it was one of his most popular quotes of all time, but whatever. The quote goes as such. Now this is not the end, It is not even the beginning of the end, but it is perhaps the end of the beginning. Now, what he means by this is that even when we face obstacles or setbacks, it may not be the end of our journey. So we must view the challenges as part of a larger process and not lose sight of the bigger picture. I'm a true believer that everything happens for a reason, and I'm pretty sure that this quote kind of end a little bit. It also highlights the importance of resiliency, of patience, and perspective on how to navigate through difficult times. I talked to you guys a lot about how difficult times are going to happen. Change is going to happen. Transition is going to happen. It's a part of life. But your perspective towards those changes, towards those challenges, is the difference between somebody who thrives coming off of that challenge or somebody who lets that challenge destroy them. This quote also kind of reminds you that there's more to come after a setback and that it's so important to no matter what happens, keep moving forward, knowing that the end may not be near, but rather it's a new beginning in disguise. So the end, one door closes, the end equals a new beginning where another door is always going to open. And no matter how difficult that end was or how tough it seemed in the moment, it's an opportunity for something bigger. So where does this all come from? Well, one thing that I realized is that I've been constantly telling people through the podcast as a coach to my clients in conversations on social media with my family, with my friends, and through my content, I've been talking all about action cures everything. You have to take action. You have to take risks. If you don't take risks, then you're always going to wonder, well, what if? And my biggest fear in life, and I've mentioned it on the podcast before, and it's something that I truly think about every single day. My biggest fear is that what if I get to the end of my life and I realize I ran out of time because we don't know when that end's going to be. We really don't. Like today is the only time that we, right now is all we have guaranteed. 
tomorrow isn't promised. And it's scary to think about it a little bit, but it's also one of those things that it puts into perspective how, how important and how precious time is. And like I said, I'm a true believer that everything happens for a reason. The good, the bad, the ugly, all of it. And I'll take this all way back to paint a little bit of a picture for you and give you guys a little bit of a perspective from where I'm coming from. So when I was 18 years old, I'm 29 now. Jeez. It's funny because like when you think back, I remember this moment so distinctly in my memories. Like I remember my mom dropping me off in front of the gym and like having to go and find parking because we lived in New York. But when I was 18 years old, I walked into Blink Fitness on Flatbush Avenue with my resume in my in my interview clothes as a newly certified personal trainer who just loved the idea of helping people through my passion for fitness and nutrition. You know, I wanted people to feel the same effects that fitness did for me because fitness helped me escape the reality of the nightmare I was living at home and beyond home, you know? I couldn't escape it because even when I went to school, it was a nightmare. And that goes back even further to when I was 14, but I'm not gonna talk about that on this podcast because that's another story and that's for another podcast. In fact, I have talked about it on the podcast, but I'll go into depth on how I truly got into my fitness journey on another one. And now this was one of the first times that I've ever been to a gym. Like I've only been to a gym maybe like a handful of times, like to the YMCA with some of my friends. But this was the first time I was walking into a gym and I was interviewing to be a personal trainer at the gym. I always worked out at home because I was afraid to work out in front of people. Yup. Somebody who was a personal trainer who now doesn't give a fuck about working out in front of people was terrified to even go to the gym because I was afraid to work out in front of people. When you face your fears, you realize they're not as scary as you thought they were. So I was terrified. Uh, but the manager at the time, Isaac, he was so welcoming and he, and he gave me a fucking chance. He gave me a shot. And he taught me so much. And I'm so forever, like, I appreciate the opportunity that he gave me and all of the wisdom that he shared with me. And I worked at Blink for about a year. I loved it, but I didn't do great at all. Like, I did shit. Um, it was a low-end gym, so not many people who were paying $10 a month for a gym membership were willing to invest or even able to invest in personal training. Uh, plus, they referred to me as the skinny white girl trainer. Uh, so there wasn't much respect there. Um, but also, you know, Blink... Being a lower-end gym, they didn't invest a lot of money into their personal training program, so we weren't really taught much. Like, Isaac taught me some stuff, but, like, I didn't really know. Like, I knew fitness and I knew nutrition, but I didn't know how to actually get clients and how to get people to want to work out with me. Um, because, again, I was called the skinny white girl. Not a lot of people wanted to work out with me. But, you know, I was always there working fucking hard, whatever. And that job taught me so much, and it gave me the confidence to go and seek more because I was like, okay, I really like the idea of training people and I love the gym environment. So where can I go that's going to help me level up as a trainer and give me more? Like a gym that actually, you know, invests into their personal training program. And so I got a job at New York Sports Club on Wall Street. I interviewed for the job. I got it. And let me tell you, 
That was a nightmare. A nightmare. Oh my goodness, it was so terrible. Um, <laughs> straight up, like, I'm not going to try to sugarcoat anything. That job was miserable. And it's one of those things that I will never forget. And I think we all have that job that we did once. We were like, wow, that was awful. Like, the environment, everything about it was terrible. I'm not saying that New York Sports Club is a terrible place, although I tried to work for another New York Sports Club later in my career, and it was the same thing, so... I don't know. Anyway, um, I had zero clients over the four months that I worked there. I don't even think I ever did a fitness assessment, which is when, you know, somebody joins the gym, they get a free personal training session and they work out with the trainer that one time the trainer tries to sell them personal training based on what they need. I didn't even do one of those. Um, and I spoke to the manager maybe once and he was an asshole. I don't even remember his name. So there's that. But, you know, I'm not going to blame anybody by myself. I could have I could have been successful in that environment if I was in the right mindset to be successful in that environment. But I wasn't because I had a piss poor mindset towards it and I had a piss poor perspective towards it. And I wasn't willing to go above and beyond because I didn't feel like that was the right place for me. And it's all on me. You know, I'm not going to blame anybody else. Every day, though, when I had my shift on the floor, like I had like a floor shift where we do four hours and we just kind of walk around, try to get clients, try to book fitness assessments. And I was basically just walking around cleaning up weights and passing time. And I remember multiple times during each shift, multiple times, like I'm not even over exaggerating. I would go into the locker room and I would literally just cry. Because I was so miserable. I was so embarrassed and I was so defeated. So I worked there for four months and eventually I was like, you know what? This isn't even worth it. Like I'm traveling so much just to go into the city. I'm taking so much time away from my schooling and it's causing me so much excessive stress. It's not worth it. So I took about a year off from personal training at this point in person to focus all in on getting my bachelor's degree in nutrition and health sciences because at the time I was going to college in Brooklyn and it was a really tough year with a lot of tough classes. I was taking chem and bio and chem and bio labs. I was doing all of these tough classes all in one. So I wanted to make sure that I was actually not failing out of college, which I never almost did, except for my senior year where I was dying of an eating disorder. Uh, so that I, I survived and uh, I graduated. That's all that matters. And then I also took a year off to recover from my eating disorder the first time because I, I realized that I was in no state to help other people when I couldn't even help myself. Now, the last semester of my junior year, I took a class and I can't even remember the name of the class, but we were taught to make a LinkedIn and I never had a LinkedIn before. Like I, I was just on Facebook, like what the fuck is everything? I took food pictures on Instagram too. So there was that. So I created this LinkedIn for this assignment and I got an inbox or like a message from a fitness manager at Crunch Fitness in Fort Greene, Ty. Fucking love Ty. One of those people who I'll never forget on my journey too. And she told me like, hey, we're looking for personal trainers. I see that you've been working at a couple other gyms and that you're in school right now and you're not too far from us. Like, she did her digging. She knew. And I was like, oh, cool. Okay, bet. Like, I'll go in for an interview. So I went in for an interview, and immediately this place felt like home. Like, it just felt right. And so I got the job, 
And I spent two and a half years at that crunch location. And man, a lot of shit happened during those two and a half years. A lot of growth, a lot of highs, a lot of lows. I competed in bikini competitions. I gained experience working with and seeing really good success in a lot of clients. And it's where I truly grew the most as a trainer and realized that this is exactly what I wanted to do. And the best part about Crunch is that they invested in their personal training program. So we had like different sales meetings. We had different training things. Uh, we, we got different certifications. It was just a really good environment for a personal trainer. Um, they really like it was built off of personal training. So I fucking loved it because I learned so much at that gym. You know, I even got a promotion to the assistant fitness manager and I got demoted all within like a four month period because it was at the time where I was really all in on prepping for my bikini competition. And I was like, just not there. And, you know, again, that's on me. Like I was there, but I wasn't, you know, because when you're starving yourself, it's really hard to focus. And that's also when I kind of started falling back into my eating disorder habits. And it was just, I let that get to me. So I got demoted and then I did my bikini show like all in that same week. It was a stressful week. And then uh, I decided I'm going to move to North Carolina with a guy who I had been dating at the time where we were dating for like two years. We met when we both started working at Crunch um, at the same time at our orientation. We met, we started dating for like two years. We broke up for six months because he moved to North Carolina to become a firefighter. And then I finished my show, got demoted from this assistant fitness manager position and felt so fucking lost. And my dumb ass went crawling back to him because that's what we do, ladies, when we have zero confidence. We just go crawling back to people who we should never crawl back to because that turned into a nightmare and a toxic, toxic environment that destroyed me. But again, that's for another podcast. So I moved to North Carolina with two weeks notice. I said, hey, mom, I'm going to move to North Carolina to be with that guy. Okay, bye. Love you. Um, and then I started my career. I got a job before I moved, by the way. I wasn't irresponsible. I got a job at a gym down there called Fitness Connection. And that's when my entire career blew up. Because that's when, for the first time in my entire life, that I like went all in on my career. Like, all in. I was the assistant fitness manager for a while. I did really, really well because I started learning outside of the job. Like I started focusing on sales. I started focusing on like communication, on manager, on leadership skills, started listening to podcasts, started reading books. And I started to really gain experience and knowledge. I started to pay attention because I wasn't dying of an eating disorder at this point. So I was paying attention and I was learning from people who are above me and people around me. So I was an assistant fitness manager. And then one day the district manager was like, you're doing so well in this position. You should be a sales manager and sell memberships. So that's what I did. And then I did so well at that club. It was the smallest club. They moved me to the biggest club. And I was the top sales manager in the company for six months. And that's when I finally, finally got promoted to a GM at a small club, a general manager. And then I was promoted to a general manager at a larger club. And at that time, I literally did everything in my power to be promoted to a general manager position. Like, if you knew me at the time, I worked at the gym. I lived at the gym. I was the person who was always at the gym. 
whether I was doing my own workout or whether I was helping other people or whether I was doing my job because I wanted that general manager position more than I wanted to fucking breathe. Like I can't even begin to express to you how much I wanted that position. And the best part is that when I got it, that's when I realized the quote that they say you create your own happiness and that like you can, you can wait for the job, you can wait for the money, you can wait for that and then you'll be happy. That's all fucking true. I was miserable because I got the promotion and I realized, oh my God, this isn't what I wanted or holy crap, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I got more money. Yeah, I got the position, right? I got the, I got the title. But I was more depressed and more anxious and more miserable than I'd ever been in my entire life. That was right around the time where I attempted to kill myself. And again, that's for another podcast. And then a month after that, I remember, the gym's really fucking empty. And I don't pay attention to the news. Because I don't want to, I don't like the negativity that it brings. But you know, I was on social media. So I was like, oh, there's this weird virus going around people are talking about. I remember, there was like one person in the machine area. And I was like, this is weird. There's like nobody at the gym. What the hell? And then I looked up at one of the TVs and it was like, Disney World shuts down. The NBA shuts down. I was like, what the fuck is happening? I remember distinctly texting my brother and I was like, the world is shutting down right now. And he was like, yeah, they're going to close your gym. And I was like, what? I had no idea that was even like a thing. So I remember they finally messaged us and they were like, okay, we're closing the gym. We're going to close it for two weeks. Seven months later, I was invited back to my job and they let a lot of people go. Um, but seven months later, we finally reopened. And during those seven months, I took control of my life. I started 75 Hard. I did the Live Hard program. I met Stone. I, I became a completely different person. Like, unrecognizable. Like, when the gyms closed, the person who walked out of that gym would never have a podcast would never be a presence on social media, would never be able to do the things that I'm doing today, would not be sitting in her own office in Florida with a husband who's not home right now, but <laughs> like, holy shit, seven months because I went all in on myself and I'm going to get emotional because this is crazy to me to think about. But that seven months changed my life because I made the choice to go all in on becoming the best version of myself and no longer allowing the bullshit and the excuses and the lack of belief and the lack of confidence to stop me. So I started coaching people online through first form because I love first form. And I was helping a lot of people. But the problem is that I was helping a lot of people for free and I didn't have the confidence or the belief that I needed to ask for money so I didn't charge anyone and I was kind of stuck and beating my skull into the concrete because I wanted this to work so badly like it's something that I've always wanted to be able to build my own business and I went back to the gym for three months maybe after we opened and I realized I was just so miserable and that this isn't what I wanted to do anymore 
And I was so checked out when I was there. Like I was working on the computer. I was working with clients on the computer. Unless, you know, they needed me, which was rare because it was just a shit show. Three months into it, Stone saw how miserable I was. And he said, look, we'll figure it out. Leave. We'll figure it out. And so I left. And we figured it out. And it was really hard for a really long time. But then in May of 2022, I got an offer from my coach at the time, Cabin, who's the CEO and founder of Hidden Summit. And he, I remember this so distinctly. It was our weekly check-in call. And like the last two minutes of the call, he was like, you're good? Like, good? And I was like, yep, I'm good. See you next week. And it was like, wait, I have to talk to you about something. I was like, okay, cool, what? He was like, we're hiring coaches. I want you to apply. I was like, okay. Yes, because a year prior to that, I messaged him and I was like, hey, if you guys ever need a coach, like, let me know. Because I was interviewing for all these other jobs that I didn't want. And that I wasn't getting. And I was wondering, like, why the fuck am I not getting these jobs? Like, I'm overqualified for them. Everything happens for a reason. I'm not meant to do a nine-to-five job. And I know that now. So I'll never try. Sorry, mom. My mom likes the stability of the nine-to-five and the 401k. But my dreams go much bigger than that. So I became a coach at Hidden Summit in May 2022. And over the last almost two years, I finally, finally started to see that I'm a good coach. Like, I get people results. I fucking care about my clients more than anything. And I care about helping people so much. And I believe that I could do this. Like, I can, I can find success in this and I can help other people be successful. And I'm living my dream. And I was so, so happy. Until about a few months ago. And I realized that I was a fraud. And it led me to no longer be happy. And I was a fraud... Because I was telling my clients and telling all of these people on social media through my content, through this podcast, to believe in themselves and to take messy action and to go all in on yourself to what you think isn't possible because you're capable of more than you could ever imagine. But I wasn't doing it myself because I was too fucking afraid. And that wasn't an easy pill to swallow. But I swallowed it. And, man, that's what she said. Anyway. It was a hard pill to swallow. Two weeks ago, not even, no. Last week, I gave my resignation to Cabin at Hidden Summit. To finally step into my full potential. To grow my own coaching business. And to be able to grow my own community with Stone, with Stone's friend, Zach, to step into my full potential and to build the life that I've always wanted and to build the impact that I know that I can make. And I want to thank every single person who listens to this podcast because this podcast is the beginning of it all. 
So the powerhouse mentality will no longer just be a coaching or will no longer just be a podcast, but will also be my coaching business and a community that you guys will fucking love. So stay tuned for more on the community part of it coming on April 1st. But for now, I'm stepping into something different. And like I said, this was the hardest decision that I've probably ever made. It's definitely like top three. Because I fucking love Hidden Summit. I love all of my clients. I love all of the coaches. I love Cabin. I love everyone. And it was so hard for me to make this decision. But at the end of the day, I needed to go all in on myself. For once. And I'm fucking excited for the future. So please, guys, do me a favor. And do one thing that's going to take you one step closer to where you want to be.